The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Welcome to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is RJ Bell. That's right. And this is NFL Week 3 Edition with my Wise Guy Roundtable. To my left, the Vig, former bookmaker, Matty Holt. To my right, Steve Fezzik. The number one handicapper in the NFL, the only two-time Super Contest champion. I'm RJ Bell. Guys, not the greatest week last week. We were hot, hot, hot in week one. Two and three in the Super Contest in week two. Though, our best bets that we lead the show with, two and one. So we were three and oh, two and one. Five and one, I think. If I'm doing that math right. Five and one. I did that in my head. So let's celebrate that and be happy about that. And that's what we're doing again this week. It's the only podcast on the internet in which we lead with the best bets. We're in the super contest gold, $5,000, six and four in that one. In the classic and the three picks we give here are three that's on both of the tickets. And then we pick two more later in the week. Sometimes we overlap. Sometimes we do something different. Five and one, though, on these best bets. And that's what we're going to start with. And go over every other game and have bonus best bets at the end from each of us. And have a bonus best bet from Dave Esler, plus two other big factors from Esler. And the famous green button. Now, how can it be famous so soon? You guys have made it famous. Here's the rules if you haven't listened before. Anytime a pro here has an opinion, he better be willing to back it with cash. If Maddie likes something, if Fez likes something, if I like something, we have lean and likes. Like means we like it. It's serious. The other person, anyone else can grab the button, press it, and it's an auto $200 bet. Now, Maddie's going to try to negotiate <laughs> terms. There is no negotiation. It's on the line that we set. But if we have something that's not a pick and we want to do, like you guys had last week, then the third person, the person not involved in the bet, sets a line. The other two decides yes or no. So last week, Maddie, you were so proud. You won the first bet. You're on Twitter. You're, it's like you had a kid or something. <laughs> You're celebrating. Explain what that bet was. Uh, it was what would the line be of the Minnesota Green Bay game at kickoff? And I originally if said, Rogers plays, if Aaron Rodgers plays, and I said it would be Minnesota two two and a half, and Fez said Green Bay would be favored, and it reopened two and a half, and uh, I hit that one. Fez, you were complaining about the number. You were like, Fez oh. was on Twitter petitioning people to bet <laughs> Green Bay just so that he could win his bet. <laughs> he's I, got maybe he's got too much power <laughs> at this point. No, what I was doing was giving very sound sports investment advice that helped every all my followers on Twitter make money betting Green Bay. That's an interesting point. Anyone that followed him 
Luckily, you don't have too much power. You would have lost those bets once Green Bay became favored. <laughs> All right, and then so that's two hundred to Fat or to Maddie. But then you guys had another bet. What was it, Fez? Atlanta Falcons. Oh, I felt lucky to me. So lucky. <laughs> so no vig. The vig wants vig, but there's no vig, so it washes out. By the way, guys. You probably haven't listened yet, Maddie. On the college pod, we had $800 worth of bets. Wow. And one game, it was Fezzik versus, it was a crossfire versus uh, Brad and Ken. And they all bet. So it was 200. Fez took them on $400 total action. Which game was that? I got Did you win, Fez. I've got Oregon. You tell me. They're hosting Stanford. Who do you like? <sighs> What's the number? Stanford two? I laid two on Oregon. I, I like uh... Oregon favorite. No, no, Stanford favored. Oregon's favored. When we did the podcast. Oh, when you did the pod, it was Oregon. Well, you're, you're giving me some very bad news. Then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, last I checked, it was Stanford, too. Oh, looking bad, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily, you know, think about all the times you whine, Fez, about having beaten the closing line and still not cashing. Yeah. So in this case, maybe it goes the other way. Yeah, if, now I can win with a Dumbo line. Love it. And, and let's be candid. Maddie is hit or miss when he talks off the cuff. So we'll pull up here and see. Stanford what, one and a half right now. Oh, uh, okay. See, two at most places. Even a two and a half out there. On Fez, right now. Fez. The game hasn't even started. I'm already down over a field goal. All right. So that is the rule, guys. Any opinion, any staunch. You better, hey, listen, if you don't want to bet it, you better not say it. Showtime! Now, I'll tell you this, in that 5-1, and one, the one loss was mine with Arizona. I'm getting mighty sick of picking last, but it's okay. It's okay. We've got a 1,000 bet between us. Four and two, we are. I lost with Seattle Monday Oh, night. you lost with Seattle, too? Should have got there, oh, but I lost. Yeah. Okay, four and two then. Yeah. All right. So that's still good. I think that's a 66.66%. Fez, you go first. Best bet. Best bet. Going to take Baltimore and for contest purposes, lay five and a half, hosting Denver. And remember, guys, we can veto these bets at any time. Either Maddie or me can veto Fez's bet and force him to pick another game. We haven't done it yet. We're going to be selective with that. This is a very simple handicap. It's about fading. You know, it just dawned on me. If you veto, you got to bet. Agreed. Because if you, that's good actually. Because if you're saying we're going to change, I thought we already agreed last week. Did we? That it was if you go on a best bet against it, it's five hundred. Yeah. If it's a best bet, it's five hundred. But if you veto, it's an auto bet. Okay. And it's five hundred because it's the best bet. Yeah. Go ahead. So we're fading the Broncos. Why are we fading the Broncos? Because the Broncos are so good weeks one and two at home historically in the NFL. Why are they so good? Well, it makes sense that. Players aren't in shape, and when they have to play on the road in altitude, when that's going to so be... So they're not in as good shape as they are late in the year. Yeah, they're not in game shape to play four quarters, so oftentimes they wilt in the fourth quarter, and we've already seen it happen twice, where Denver has won close games against Seattle and stole a game against the Raiders. I just don't think Denver's all that good, and this was more about that altitude and having a big home field early in the year, and because of that, with them going on the road for their very first game, I think Baltimore, with 10 days off, clear value. Now, this is obvious to many, but let's be clear. If you're at altitude, thin air, if you're not in that tip-top shape, it affects you more. And that number, and I'm going by memory, is like uh, the last 30 years, first two weeks in Denver, 
if Denver's at home week one or week two, it's like 33 and three. I mean, it's straight up. It's not kind of good. It's shockingly good. And you're absolutely right. Coin toss against Seattle, Denver won straight up. And then, quite frankly, at the low point for Denver against Oakland, what would you say their chance of winning that game was? Well, FanDuel would say it's 750 to 1. 7,500 to 1, <laughs> FanDuel would say. So, so Matty, why don't you give us a quick synopsis of that uh, controversy? So, a gentleman uh, in the Meadowlands actually went up to the counter, placed an over-the-counter retail ticket, $110, at 7,500 to 1 to return $82,500. Denver comes back, wins the game. And this is right after they scored the touchdown to go to be down 19-17, about five minutes left in the game. He makes that wager. Denver comes back, of course, wins the game. He goes up to the window to cash his ticket. They say, oh, no, we're not paying. It's a system glitch and offer him $500 and a few uh, Skybox tickets, and he turned them down. And um, Any warm bologna sandwiches? No. (laughs) (laughs) So I listen, I'm renowned for saying the following bookies are bad. They want to take your money. I don't, Maddie, you're fine. But when you were a bookie, you wanted to take money. (laughs) I actually side with the bookies here. My thought is if the better could reasonably believe the odds were truly being offered, then if the bookie makes a mistake, it's on him. If the odds are clearly wrong, then the batter's just trying to get over. And because of that, as long as you establish ahead of time, because if he would have lost, would they have collected? That's always the question. Even though it was a great play, he could have lost. What would have happened then? Would they have taken his money? Of course, he already had a ticket. So if that's the case, they should pay. I actually think... It sets a tough precedent. Here's the precedent in the past. If you could prove that it's an, a system glitch, then it's kind of treated like a slot machine that's malfunctioning and, and mispaying. But in this case, it's an over-the-counter bet where the you know he went over there. But, the but system it, was the algorithm generating the odds. Right. So, Fez, you had situations where you've gotten paid on some ludicrous bets. Yeah, I, I disagree with this. My understanding, and maybe the rules have changed that in Nevada, the rule is tickets go is written. I'll give an example. I know of one associate that once saw a line on LSU plus 35. The correct line was LSU minus 35. You won't get a bigger system glitch than that. A team misaligned by 70 points. That person went ahead and bet LSU over and over and over again and got paid on his wagers. Well, listen, if they keep betting and no one notices at some oh point, there's gosh. a stupidity tax. Now, were you, did you have any piece of this gentleman's bet? <laughs> I, I did not. I actually, now you've had numerous battles with, with bookmakers. That's right? a great example. If it was a bookmaker, I really did not like, I, I would have done it, but I like the hard rock and I went easy on him. I would not have done that. Now, Fez told a story that this is kind of demented. And, but I mean, in a way we got to expect it. I'm the dirtiest player in the game. He said he, his goal is to get ticket writers fired. I did not say that. What do you mean you didn't I say said that? I got a ticket writer and fired. And you were celebrating because it was a sign you so got the best of it. That the, you, the, the guy, you so took him, this poor ticket writer down that he got fired. 
Just be honest. It's like a scene from Casino. His boss said, you're either in on it or you're incompetent. Either way, go do something else. That's pretty pretty dirty, don't yeah. you think, man? <laughs> so what would you, and again, you your new business now is integrity. You've got to work with these bookmakers. In general, what, maybe let's not ask the specific case. Let's, I'm happy let, to comment even on this case. I think the fact that this is FanDuel's first year and FanDuel and DraftKings have both, you know, had some issues coming out of the gates a little bit. As popular brands as they are, as much publicity as this ticket got, I'd pay it. And not only at this point would I pay it, I'd pay it and give them the tickets. Now that's you making a P- that's you making a PR decision, right? Yes. But what do you think is the legitimate fair solution? I think that they should go back in time and find out what a fair market value at the exact time. It was minus 600, supposedly. Yeah. So take that fair market value, pay him. But what they're offering him is much more than that. Tickets and all kind of other things, right? Well, the tickets are like throw-ins that they have. Maybe the guy doesn't want to go to the games. Give him the max cash value. Which would be like if it's 600 to one and he bet a hundred bucks, it's like 16 bucks, right? Yes. No, it's it's she should get like six hundred dollars. No, I think no. it was minus six hundred. Denver wasn't minus six hundred down two. They were driving. They were in the red zone. When he made the bet, according to what I read, was right after they scored the touchdown to be down nineteen seventeen. Oh, okay, what I read is that he made the bet when Denver was driving. So I, I read they were in field goal range and it was minus six hundred, is what I read. No, so maybe we're right, maybe sure. we're wrong. But either way, I agree with you. Paying what the fair market is. Yes. Here's the problem. How do you define a bad line? If CGT puts up a line on the Baltimore Orioles to win 76 We spend, we spend our entire lives dealing with subjective. I mean, I'm not just talking about professional gamblers. Saying in life. We, we know what's... And, and, and if it's close, you give it to the batter. No one... What's the, let's assume the odds here, the fair odds were minus 600. If it was even money, then okay, you could make the case. Hey, they had an opinion. At 10 to 1 when it's supposed to be 6 to win 1, I think there's a point where it's obviously not the right. Do you think this guy thought this was the right line? Of course not. Right? So I get it. We can punish the bookmakers because the the bookies are bad. But then what does it do? It causes them to want to increase the VIG everywhere. It causes them to want to take less risks. Put up less products. You know, I mean, in general, I get why this person wants paid. But I think if you're a batter, you should want just reasonable and fair result. And I think it's such a tough situation for both sides because to your point, that one better wants to get his money because, I mean, I don't know what he makes, but $82,500 is a lot more than the average American makes. So that's a heck of a big size bet. And on the other side, the sports book can't set a precedent that if every time our system ever had a glitch, we're going to pay out and, and let people take advantage of us because you don't want to invite nefarious characters around your operation. Fezzik's right across from you. You're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're ta- <laughs> I mean, you're talking about him right in front of him. <laughs> to be the man, you got to beat the man. <laughs> All right. What do you think of Fezzik's best bet on the Ravens? Minus five and a half. I'm okay with it. My, my 
I probably wouldn't want the other side. I actually agree with the handicap and the analysis on this one. I'm a little bit concerned. I really like C.J. Mosley, the linebacker for Baltimore. He may not play. I'm not as high on the Baltimore offense as some people was coming out of that initial game against the Buffalo Bills this year. You know, we all know they improved their receiving core, and then they go out and play the worst team in the NFL. The Buffalo Bills look amazing, and everyone assumes this offense is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers offense, and it's not. The Baltimore just doesn't play that way um so i'm still a little more hesitant to lay bigger numbers with the ravens than maybe than some are here but i do think the ravens feel like the right side no veto though no veto ravens i would say are one of the teams in arizona when they're playing well that have a really good home field advantage that people don't put on the list with the patriots the packers the saints seattle and again it's all based on when teams are playing well would you agree with that, Fast? Yeah, fourth best home field in the NFL. Top three, Seattle, Green Bay, Minnesota. Best Baltimore, bet. fourth best. Yeah. I would That's tend to agree with that. I mean, actually. I'm not saying I just I just didn't I didn't know if I would have put them that I mean top ten, but fourth is who else is on your England? who else is on your list? Ahead of New England? So New here's England. the thing about what home field advantage is. Home field advantage is the difference between you playing on the road and at home. New England in the last 10 years has been the best home team, but they've been the best road team. I would actually make the case that. New England has like a small home field advantage, right? But they're just so good at home. It feels like you got to say it, but they're, they're great on the road, right? But a team like Seattle in their heyday a couple years ago, were great at home and really just a slightly above average on the road. And the loudest stadium in the history of the NFL. Yeah. Okay. Number one, best bet. Hilton or Super Contest Gold and Classic Fezzik Ravens. Fezzik, you're two and zero, undefeated. They call it perfect. Seventeen and zero. I can dream. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Maddie Holt, you get pick number two. I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints here, plus three against the Atlanta Falcons. And boy, the Saints have stumbled coming out of the blocks once again. That seems to be the theme every single year for the Saints. But they tend to play Atlanta really tough. And this is a spot where I think the situation sets up for New Orleans, who's played two straight down games to open the season. Thus, those enormous preseason expectations that were placed on the New Orleans Saints. In fact, a lot of power ratings, or at least uh, odd to win the Super Bowl and odds to win the NFC had them on par with the Minnesota Vikings are right there. All of a sudden, that's not the case anymore. New Orleans slipping a bit uh, with the odds makers and, and the betters here. And I think this is where they're going to come out fired up against a banged up Atlanta Falcons team. And that's really the big story of this game for me is the information. Devonta Freeman, clearly the feature back in the Atlanta Falcons offense. He's the bull horse carrying the ball just as good catching the ball as Tevin Cole. Coleman, although he may not be quite as dynamic, not to mention missing uh, several players. Jones and Neal still on the defensive side. Uh, Andy Lavitre, uh, the offensive lineman. Five more players questionable, including Ben Garland on that offensive line. This is a banged up Falcons team this week. I'm going to go ahead and take the points with the stumbling Saints to get back on track. So since 2014, first two weeks of the year, straight up Saints, one and nine against the spread. One and nine. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, how can that be? <laughs> so in a weird way, it excuses it in a way, right? Is, Hey, this is what they, the, something about paint and something about breeze. 
So I think we somewhat excuse how they've played. Fez, how would you characterize how they've played? Because Tampa looked mighty good. I mean, that Tampa loss doesn't look so bad right now, right? Right, because obviously Tampa's been playing so much above I mean, above they, they just heads. beat the Super Bowl champions. Absolutely. And Cleveland, are we really sure how that they're not a, you know, average team? And to to win an, against an average team at home, this is the actually the funny thing is they had lost nine straight in week one and two. This was the first straight up win last week. They're all it's a streak, baby. And they trailed for a lot of that game to Cleveland. I know. So how are you? How much have you downgraded the Saints? One second here. Okay. Another thing I would think about with the Saints as fast as looking at you got it. Got it. Yeah, I downgraded them three points. Had them five points better than average team. They're currently my number 12 team. They started out, I believe, number four. Jeez. Two points better than average. That feels like too much. Well, defensively, you know, I'm a stat guy. Their yards per play is right at the bottom of the NFL. There's been nothing fluky about how bad their defense is playing. So wouldn't you say, how bad's Philadelphia right now? <laughs> That's a great point. I mean, right? I mean, do yeah. we, yeah. I mean, I would make the case last year, and Fez always brings up, well, Minnesota was favored by five against Saints. But Minnesota, oh, we forgot Minnesota now in the dome is certainly on. They got a better home feel right now than Baltimore, right? Yeah, they're they're. So no, what's your talk? What's your number three? All right. So how's it go for you? Seattle, uh-huh. Green Bay. So you got the Saint. You got Baltimore ahead of the Saints. Yes, because it's mm. close. I've got them both at three and up, but I just downgraded. I mean, four felt a little. I just downgraded yeah, I the right. Saints because I think the Saints, when they're, they're not having, 10, if the Saints are having like a twelve and four type of year, I'll bring it up to four. But that those. Um, that crowd noise. Yeah, enthusiasm and every team I, enthusiasm matters with their home field. So you could make the case Minnesota Ford in the, in the playoffs. They were saying Minnesota was one point better than the Saints. Saints would have been favored in Philadelphia, right? No doubt about that. No 100%. doubt about it. Yeah. So the idea, and if anything, the Saints certainly haven't lost anyone. Now they got Ingram's out. Still, what, four games, right? Yeah, four game suspension. I, I feel like you've overreacted. I mean, how much would you say, Maddie, you've downgraded the Saints? Like a point, point and a half. I mean, they, they always come out of the gate slow. They rebounded last week, and, and they started to look like the Saints in the second half of that football game. So, and I think at this point, they always play Atlanta tough. So if they go in and beat Atlanta, that's not going to be a surprise. They they have a history of, of playing the Falcons really tough. Um, you know, I, I just think we get into overreactions in week one and two, and, and we've seen it already. You know, the Arizona has to be the worst team in football history, and, um, you know, suddenly Tampa Bay is a top three team and then Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback in football, but we're two weeks in and I try not to veer too much off of what we initially thought two weeks into the season. Here's why I reacted and maybe I overreacted. They're playing Cleveland. Cleveland gives them a tough game the whole way and finally the Saints take the lead and they go up six and I'm like, well, Cleveland's going to do what Cleveland does, blow it on their final drive. No. It's fourth down at midfield. Well, they kind of did blow it. They missed the extra point. Well, they threw a 50-yard bomb, and I'm not going to give the Saints credit for the Cleveland kicker missing the extra point. You talked about the series. What, what number, what do you have backing up the I, or is it just schematic? So the, the Saints here are nine and six against the spread last 15 games against the Atlanta Falcons and the underdog in this series, seven and two against the spread last nine. Historically, this is a close series uh, between two division rivals who know each other very well. I think you have to take the Saints here as the recent history points their way. So Fez, if you were forced to bet this, and even if you lean one way, doesn't mean you want to bet him 500 and veto. What would you 
Where would you land? Small lean to New Orleans. Make, so that's good. Okay. And you know, I speak with Ross Tucker, former NFL lineman, every week, and he did inform me that Levitre, the left tackle that's out for Atlanta, is their best tackle. So pretty big loss. I think the Falcons, the fact they did well in the red zone, but they had Matt Ryan running the ball. How sustainable is that, Fez? Especially after getting hit the way he got hit, I think that this was possibly an all-in effort where there was a partners meeting of the Falcons saying, you know what? We're taking so much heat over this. This is the week we're going to score in the red zone. And they did go four for four. Okay. It's in the books. No vetoes. Second best bat, Matty Holt. Saints plus three. RJ Bell, myself says, and I like this one, boy, but the line's kind of getting away. I mean, we're kind of laying an extra five cents maybe here, but I like Jimmy G. Jimmy G's jawline, his symmetrical features, <laughs> plus six and a half against the Chiefs. This is pure contrarian. This is pure, hey, Mahomes can't be this good. The whole world is so excited. I mean, this line would have been what, Fez? Uh, if this were the first game of the year, Chiefs are three, three and a half at the most? Three minus three minus 125. Okay. Mackie, what you looked it up was look ahead from when? Oh, so like a month or so ago, it was actually KC minus two. So we're minus two to six and a half. And the 49ers, I'll make the case in week one. And Fez, you've brought this up too. They actually certainly should have covered against Minnesota. Yeah. So minus three in turnovers, dropped touchdown pass and got stuffed on the one yard line on the goal line. That's a good way to present that. Now, (laughs) unlucky. There we go. And I know that you could make the case of the Lions. Oh, they covered against them last week, but a couple of late touchdowns, right? 30 to 13 in the fourth quarter. And then 49ers took their foot off the gas. So what you're saying is literally in both games, the San Fran final is much worse than the truth of the game. Correct. So we've got a Chiefs team that couldn't be more highly rated. When we did our straight out of Vegas, by the way, guys, if you haven't heard, we made some history this week. Fox Sports Radio, nationwide, 200 plus stations, 6 o'clock Eastern to 7. The pregame show America always wanted, we're doing five days a week. Three-year contract. This is no little... Oh, maybe let's see if it works. We're going to be there picking the winners. Fez, we had Joel Clatt on this week, Mike Lombardi, all the big names. Think about this. Here's the lineup on Fox. Dan Patrick, Colin Cowherd, Doug Gottlieb, and Steve Fezzik. Well, RJ, RJ I'm in the mix, but we that's our lead-in. You know, kind of like bands used to open for Zeppelin. Fez, do you want to say this on tape that Colin Cowherd's your opening act? No. <laughs> That's smart. Okay. But, guys, we're excited about it. We're putting a lot of energy into it. Obviously, it's the first show on any major radio network that deals with sports betting on a daily basis. Never has it happened, and we're excited about it. Okay. You mentioned... Kansas City versus the ESPN rankings on air. ESPN has Kansas City, what, three? Number three. And you had them? Um, Number seven. Where would you put KC right now, Manny? Uh, I like, actually, like the six to nine range. 
Okay. So you think they're overrated, 49ers underrated. I actually agree both sides. The amazing thing is in my ratings, I have Kansas City actually in a four-way tie, six to nine. Okay. So, Maddie, you we were uh, talking about this game before. You actually like San Fran. Yourself. I mean, you like them here. I really like San Fran in this spot. Look, What I, would you add? <clears throat> what's that? What would you add to my analysis? Well, I mean, not only last week, I, 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 this is what we're seeing a lot in the NFL again that we didn't see the last couple of years, these teams going into that prevent late again. To Fez's point, it was 30 to 13 in the fourth quarter. I mean, San Francisco was absolutely steamrolling them, played prevent, gave up the two touchdowns late, end up winning by a field goal in that game. But they dominated that game. I love DeForest Buckner. We talked about it last week. I think he's good. That next great defensive star in the NFL. He's so fun to watch. Um, you know, they do have a couple of guys banged up on offense, so they probably could use to get one of their receivers back, but I really like San Fran here. All right. I think it's that simple. It's in the books, guys. Three best bets, four and two on the season. Now we're going through the rest of the games, and at the very end, three more best bets. Well, actually, four more because Essler's in the mix, Dave Essler. Colts, Eagles, Eagles at home, favored by six and a half, and... Both you guys are leaning, so nothing strong. Let's talk about Wentz. I've got a theory. They rushed him back, and I've got a theory. They're going to be extra conservative in this game. But I also look at Andrew Luck. He had like the 20. If you look at Football Outsiders, he was like 28 last week. He didn't play really well, Fez. Did you watch that game against Washington? What's the What's the take on Luck? I thought he played better than he's getting credit. Because of one specific play, he didn't throw a bomb the entire game except for once. And on that bomb, pass interference, so they pick up 45 yards, but it doesn't count in the stats or as in a play. Oh, my God. So he just he heaves one pass up, gets a P.I., and that means he played better than we thought. Think about the difference it makes on his yards per play stats. No, I understand. But, I mean, every quarterback sometimes gets a pass interference, right? None of, it doesn't count for any of them. That's true. I mean, does it worry you he's only passed down field he only passed down field once? It would, but it was a perfect pass. Maybe he only has one in him. <laughs> Maybe what, so. Did you watch the game, Manny? I did. What was your takeaway? I also thought, you know, I thought he looked okay both weeks. Obviously, week one, he looked a little bit better than week two, but he's still not throwing the ball downfield. We all know that. He's not throwing the ball long downfield, but his mid-range game, he's actually been fairly accurate. Uh, you know, he did have some turnovers week one. You know, the, the fumble at the game, fumble at the end of the first game cost him against Cincinnati, but I feel like if they don't fumble the ball there, Colts may come down and win that game against Cincinnati because they're driving. Uh, you know, look, last week, they didn't have to do a lot because Washington wasn't pushing them at all. I mean, Washington had six points, you know, um, through most of that game, so they never really got pushed. And I think he's playing okay. And I think this Philadelphia offense is really the one struggling. And you got Jay Ajay out this week. Jordan Matthews probably going to play, but banged up. Darren Sproles banged up. Alshon Jeffrey's still up. The whole key to this game to me is the Philadelphia Eagles and how banged up they are on offense. And Carson Wentz is a big. Big fat question mark for me what he's going to play like this week. If Wentz were 100% healthy, considering how Foles has played so far, what's the upgrade, Fez? Four-point upgrade. You agree, Matty? I don't think this line's 10.5. I think it's 9.5. This particular game, this particular line, I don't think it crosses 10. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But remember now, I think but this would actually make it where it'd be more of an upgrade if you were really healthy because... I would make the case he's, I mean, no one thinks he's 100% yet, no. right? 
Which is why it's less than a touchdown. I only made it a two and a half point upgrade for the rust factor for Wentz. Okay. One housekeeping item. I think it's Wallace that's out for the number two wide receiver for Philly. And I think they signed Jordan Matthews to, to possibly come in. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yes. Mike Wallace. And yeah, with Alshon Jeffrey was the other one. Yeah. If you're signing wide receivers right now, probably not the best wide receivers. Red out there. flag, isn't it? Yeah, it's interesting. So four to two and a half. Uh, points based upon Wentz. And I also think it's not only rust. Don't you think they call more conservative game because he's rusty and because maybe he's not 100%? But no, Ajay, you're not going to pound the running game because Ajay's your, your workhorse. Yeah, back. but all those short passes can be just sure. as... Yeah, yeah, I understand. Well, listen, I'm going to put out a, a like and anyone that wants to grab the green button, go for it, Matty Holt. I like... Why is it always me? I'm oh, it can be. Me. I mean, you're the one with the huge <laughs> ego. Not Fez. I mean, Fez is a humble dude, man. I mean... In all the five boroughs, I'm known. I'm known all over the f-ing world. <laughs> so says Fez. My like is under. Under in the Colts game. Oh, Fez, you picked up the button and then sat it down meekly. You like the under? I really like the under. My only concern uh, is the well, Philly why coach. You, why don't you bet with your concern? The Philly coach did say, hey, we are not going to be conservative in this game. Oh, oh well, then, yeah, we got to believe. If, anything, lie, if right? anything, that makes me think they're going to be conservative. <laughs> right. Maddie, you want to take me out? No, I, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I was leaning under it. Uh-huh. But it's already dropped a point. You know, we went from 48 and a half to 47. Listen, when you trust your numbers, you don't obsess over that. Okay. I get for you, you're like, oh, oh who bet that? Where? No, <laughs> I, I trust my numbers. Next game, Titans, Jags, uncertainty with Mariota, Ada. Uh, Fez, what's his value considering he would be obviously banged up? Yeah, he's worth three points. Because I don't think he's going to be 100%. If he was 100%, I'd say four-point difference, Mariota versus Gabbert. What do you think, Manny? I don't know if it's that high anymore. I think the Mariota that we're seeing... But Gabbert's bad. He is bad. I think healthy, it's three. And in his current state, it's only around two, two and a half. I think it's a little lower right now. So the Super Contest line is nine and a half. You think that that's assuming that, that he's playing, you think? I think it was obviously assuming he's not because we saw oh, well, lines after when people thought he was probable at six and a half. Okay. Okay. That, that, that makes sense. I flipped that. So what we're saying is this seems a little high. It's assuming he's not playing. Correct. Is that our sense right now? It they is. did the same thing last week to uh, Aaron Rodgers. They, yeah. But, you know. but what I'm saying is if you had to bet, is he playing right now? Would you bet that he's playing or not playing at even money? Not playing. 85% he's not playing. This elbow injury, apparently he's he doesn't feel his fingertips properly right now and can't grip the ball properly. Remember, the Jags are good front runners, man. I mean, that's something we talked about all last year. They can't really play from behind. I mean, are they going to be flat off that Pats game or is it going to be invigorating? I think it might be invigorating. So here we go, guys. We finally got through the Pats. Let's go. Yeah, I thought it might be a little bit of a letdown. It's just such a tear down the goalpost type of big win. Any closing thoughts, man? I agree that it's just one. I, it's hard to see them getting up again. And, and Tennessee ter- tends to make these games ugly week after week. So Tennessee's on too, right? Yeah. Oh, no, no, wait. No, they, no, they, beat they, they beat Houston. One, one. Okay. Week. Well, the way I score it. They're ah, right. that's true. <laughs> All right. Yeah. They, let's not spend. I mean, I don't think there's much here. All right. Next game. Giants. Texans. Oh, the Texans. Feds. That was another disagreement on straight out of Vegas. 
Where does ESPN have the Texans? Where do you have the Texans? ESPN has them 22, and I have them 11. Can you believe, Maddie, that Steve Fezzik has the Titans 11? Where do you have them? Texans. Oh, the t- you know, guys, I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm going to let these guys, I'm going to kind of sit back a little more. I'm a little wrung out from prep, getting ready for this new show. So my apologies. Um, where would you rank the Texans, Matty? I had them kind of in the middle of that. I had them about 15, just on the good side of average. How much have you downgraded them? About a point and a half. But I never had them as high as, you know, some of these people had them in the top four or five at one point, you know, and assumed that Deshaun Watson was going to take over the world. But he came off a torn ACL. I mean, that's a serious injury. And you don't always get, you know, they brush these guys back now. It used to be an auto 18 months, it felt like, for torn ACLs. Now, all of a sudden, they're back playing under a year all the time. Um, But I was never sure he was going to be 100% healthy. And and first of all, he never could have eclipsed what he what he looked like for those four games because he was so good uh, last year. So I, I think I started them a little lower than most, but I haven't downgraded them that much. They are what we thought. They were missing Will Fuller game one. They got him back. He looked good. So I think they're about a little better than average. Dave Esler had some thoughts on the Texans. This week's not factored in. Houston's coaching and their football IQ. Look at Houston against the Patriots. Right before halftime, a clear no-catch by Gronkowski in a crucial drive before the half should have been challenged. It was almost a clear no-catch at full speed. It should have been challenged by O'Brien for no other reason than to slow the Patriots down. Just dumb. Last week, last play against the Titans, there were 14, maybe 17 seconds left. I don't remember a lot. No timeouts near midfield, down three. Watson scrambles. He scrambles around for so long, by the time he completes about a 15-yard pass, the clock is expired. Dumb. Seven pre-slap penalties in two games. Dumb. I look at the Giants, their opponent this week. They played Jacksonville to the wire. They lost by seven to Dallas. Primetime in Dallas, division opponent. Not bad. Uh, Against Dallas, they had more first downs and had more time of possession. Not bad. Against Jacksonville, they had more total yards. Not bad. So the Giants lose to a Super Bowl contender by five, lose by one score on the road to a division opponent. Now they're catching six against a winless team that can't think for themselves on any level. That's not factored in. I'd be very careful with the Texans. Faz, what do you think? I think he's wrong on the Dallas Giants game. I really think Dallas absolutely crushed the Giants. And what happened, it was a 20-3 to game in the fourth quarter. Maddie mentioned it. You put in that prevent defense, and all of a sudden, dinking and dunking down the field, and the Giants got 10 cheap points at the end of the game, seven of it on a pass to Ingram that put him over the total, which pissed me off, RJ, because I had a prop bet on this guy under. I was following this game very closely. So, Fez, you actually like... In this game, Texans right now minus six and minus one twenty. You like the Texans? I do. Here's the button. Oh, 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 look, he's tempted. What do you think, Maddie? Let's just put it in a little closer to me. All right, give us your handicap on the game itself. So, I mean, I was on the Giants last Sunday night, and I will say you were on them the week before. You were saying how? Oh, I was the only one that saved us from that. Although we ended up losing anyway, but on that game. 
I've been on them both weeks, and I made the excuse after week one that if not for that pick six late against Jacksonville that they get there and that my analysis of the game was right, and so it reassured me to go ahead and play them last week against Dallas. But to Fez's point, it wasn't just 23 in the fourth. It was 20-3 to late in the fourth. That was a one-sided football game, and and I like this Giants team. The big problem for me here is Eli Manning at this point right now might be the worst quarterback in the NFL. And that's the only thing that keeps me from grabbing that green button. You know something? I'm getting the plus 110 on this because it's a no vig line. <clears throat> Fez, you and me, baby. <laughs> it's like you being the bookie with the plus 110. <laughs> All right, so Mackie's logging that. I am plus 110, plus six on the Giants. Here's why. Here's the key. And when you hear this, you're going to, I'll let you buy out if you want. <laughs> Houston's in turmoil. I mean, this coach is one of the first potentially the Texans coach to be out of here. Quarterback whisperer, O'Brien, blah, blah, blah. Nah, nah, nah. Out. Number two, the Giants have a long-term plan here. They gave up on McAdoo last year. Now, I get the whole Eli issue. They maybe made a mistake, but I still think they're behind this coach. Shermer, there's still optimism. To me, the Giants are going to rally where the Texans might be. The pressure might be a negative for the Texans. I think it's a motivator for the Giants. I'll let you buy out. So it's a $200. Well, I'm, I'm betting 200 to win 220. I'll let you buy out for uh, 80 bucks. No, it's like taking a standardized test. <laughs> stick with your first answer. Don't change it. All right. Well, he did get into Northwestern. So, okay. I did get into Harvard Law School. <clears throat> um, do you know that, Matty? No, I didn't. Know that. Yeah. Does it make sense? Not, I mean, oh, th- yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was in the New York Times Magazine. It must be true. Okay. Next game Raiders, Dolphins. Dolphins. <laughs> that was funny. You look at me like, yeah, well. <laughs> Dolphins minus three, minus 120. Fez, you lean. You got a total lean. Yes, I lean to the over. If the weather's good, it's going to be a like. I'm just worried about the rain. Well, listen, you, we know you get special weather reports. What are we hearing? <laughs> it's, um, it's probably going to rain. Okay, okay. Um, all right, so that's one, though. Again, hey, usually you bet early unless there's very specific key information that you're waiting on, and then you wait. Maddie, you lean Raiders. I do. And look, last week on this show, I made the case for the Oakland Raiders that nobody that I heard had talked to that nobody was spending more time in the video room than the John Gruden, Derek Carr combo. And it showed again, this team came out. And when you talk about teams, how they look with the scripted plays, Oakland has looked great two weeks in a row when the plays are scripted on both sides of the ball. The problem is they're not making good halftime adjustments and, and they're seriously fatigued and fading in the fourth quarter of both games. But I love the amount of effort. And so do we worry about the Raider? Because they were at altitude last week. Do we do we worry about the fact that Dolphins heat mugginess? What's the temperature supposed to be? Fed? 86 degrees. And, you know, those Raiders are going to be wearing their black jerseys if the sun does peak out. Oh, so what do you guys think about? Because I actually like the Raiders here. What do you think about the Raiders in the first half? Winner. You like that? Well, the only concern is that the it's the nasty 10 a.m. start time, so I hope they bring their ah, coffee. Okay, no, I'm not going to do first half. So you got to worry about the first half because of the 10 a.m. you got to worry about the second half because of the heat, and they've been fading. That means I'm too worried for anything. Yeah, 
I'm passing. So you guys are both leans. Nothing we're betting on this one. No. All right. Next game. Packers, Redskins, Packers, minus three, even money in Vegas. Super contest, two and a half. Fez, you lean Washington. Lean to Washington. All about energy here. Concerned about Green Bay and where they're at. All in game against Chicago. Remember how close that first game was on Sunday night? They win by one. Then they play Minnesota to the tie. Have to play an extra 10 minutes. So those are two tough divisional games. How much energy do the Packers have here week three? Now, Washington looked mighty good in week one against Arizona. Looked horrible last week against the Colts. And Arizona might be, I think, most certainly now the 31st team with Buffalo being the only one. Is this a situation that we're thinking, oh, skin's one and one. But boy, they played the second worst team with Arizona. Could the Skins just be way overrated? They could be. And what concerns me the most, we talked about how the Skins had to pick up Adrian Peterson. So real problems running the ball. Well, AP looked good in the preseason. He looked good week one. And I said, look, the dude has 3.1 yards per play the last two years. I refuse to believe a year older, he's suddenly going to be good. 10 carries, 22 yards. The other Washington running back, Backs, five carries, five yards. Not good. Is this a like for you, Washington, or a lean? It's a lean. Oh, okay. Well, what do you, who do you like? I lean Green Bay. And to me, it's all about the Washington Redskins injury report and the fact that we've seen Alex Smith flourish under a Kansas City team who we know uh, a lot of people say have the most weapons on offense surrounding the quarterback in the entire NFL. And we've seen how that offense has performed. What I worry about here at the Washington Redskins, four wide receivers out. Um, their best offensive tackle, Trent Williams, is hurt. He may not play. Uh, I mean, Robert Kelly's out. To go along with those four wide receivers, your best catching running back, Robert Kelly's out too. I think that, uh, you know, over there, Alex Smith is starting to run out of weapons really quick And what on paper is supposed to be a shootout game. I don't know that the Skins have the weapons to shoot it out. I'm going to go ahead and lay the soft number on the road at the Packers. What do we think of the under here? If we think that Rodgers is a little bit tired, that the team's a little wrung out, maybe they play conservative, Washington cluster injuries with their playmakers, under 45 and a half. What do you think? That's why you're the host. Ah. A very logical handicap. And anyone who saw Washington struggle against Indianapolis saw Alex Smith with guys banged up Dinkin and Duncan. Oh, it's third and 13. Let's throw a bubble screen instead of throwing downfield. Next game, Cowboys Seahawks. I'm going to lead off my handicap here. Seahawks minus one and a half. And I like, like Seattle minus one and a half. Fez, lean or like? You know, I was pretty indifferent on this one, RJ. I'm actually going with the teaser. Okay. So why don't you give us the first piece of the tease? So the first piece of the tease, Dallas from plus one and a half up to plus seven and a half. You know, a big part of this is that I see Dallas as an under team this year. And with a low total at 41 and a half, I could see this being a very competitive game decided by one score. So Maddie, I'm going to slide the button over in case you want to press it. Who do you, you like? Slide the button over on teasers? No, no, no. I'm saying oh. on my like on Seattle. Oh yeah. No, I was leaning Seattle the whole entire oh, time. Oh, interesting. Why? 
Well, I mean, they were my bet, <laughs> best bet last week, and I feel like they've been uh, lowered too much. We talk about overreactions. I think the overreaction on Seattle has been as significant uh, as maybe any team in the NFL from expectations to where they are all of a sudden. The problem for me backing Seattle again and, and what I've heard from other people and I noticed during the game last week as well is that Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll don't seem to be on the same page. We saw Pete Carroll call the timeout after Russell Wilson checked out of the play he called three straight times. He said, that's enough. Call the T.O. Then they throw a pick six. Those two don't seem to be on the same page. And that offensive line is really bad. So you need your quarterback and coach or coordinator and quarterback to be on the same page. And right now, it doesn't feel like Russell Wilson on the same page as his coaches. You got to wonder, though, Wilson's, at least he's supposed to be a high character guy. You would figure that kind of energy on the sidelines doesn't necessarily spill over as much as maybe with a quarterback. And he didn't throw a big scene. He's not a temper tantrum child or anything. And this is a team when they faced adversity, they rally at home. Here's a um, a trend for you: Seattle six and zero straight up and against the spread at home, coming off back to back losses. Mm, that's pretty good. Also, Dallas, you know the crowd, Seattle. Maddie mentioned that home field is about crowd noise, and you got to figure this is a game. The crowd's going to be rocking. Absolutely. By week 13, maybe not, but week three, sure. Boy, Seattle's too. Why, I mean, why does the Super Contest, it seems like they shade the line every time in a direction I don't like. I mean, I guess it's one and a half oh nine right now, pinnacle. Can't but, be a coincidence. Yeah. I guess that's just me being sharp, huh? Okay. <laughs> uh Boy, I'm thinking of betting this. I do three picks with Kevin and Bean. I might make this my third. Because here's the other thing. Seattle's always been a uh, below-average road team because that home field's so good. Below-average relative to how they play right. at home. And O-line, Mike Lombardi talks about it. He's uh, every Tuesday on Straight Out of Vegas on Fox National, 6 to 7 Eastern, 3 to 4 Pacific. Lombardi is on every Tuesday, bottom of the hour. Very knowledgeable about the NFL. He one of his main tenants, bad O lines don't travel well. So Seattle had a coin flip against Denver, and then into Chicago. And again, Chicago Look, that was a coin flip. They were down seven and driving against the fatigue Bears offense. Wilson throws the pick six. Yeah. So to me, the idea that what is the by far weakest position group on Seattle O line. The linebackers are right now as well, just because they're so banged up. But the backups played really well in that Bears game. So to me, it feels like, man, if more than ever, Seattle with their home field is going to be uh, more important with a bad O line because they know the snap count. Whereas when you're on the road, it's more difficult. I like that because why is the Dallas O line down right now? Because it's their center, their all-pro center, Frederick, that's out. If ever there's a situation where you don't want a backup replacement player center, it would be in Seattle. Okay, I like Seattle. No one seems to want to challenge me. I understand. Next game, Bears, Cardinals. The Bears laying six, minus 105. So a little reduced juice. Maddie, you actually like Arizona. 
I, I do like Arizona in this spot at home. Look, there has got to be a ton of pressure on Wilkes as the Arizona offense has been the worst performing offense in the NFL up to this point. But the Bears are exactly what I thought they were going into last week. They they have a great uh, offense when it's scripted. Nagy knows what he's doing, but when those plays aren't scripted anymore, you get through those first 10 to 12 offensive plays. Mitch Trubisky can't make it through his reads. He still makes bad decisions. He still makes poor throws that get intercepted. Look, Seattle didn't take advantage, and, and the Bears did end up with the cover as they once again for the second straight week got a defensive score, but that offense is not moving the football once they get outside that scripted plays range. This total is already the lowest total of the week. Um at 37 and a half some places now so it's supposed to be a low scoring game making those six points at home even more valuable i gotta fall on the cardinals in this one i mean think about this if this game were in chicago you do the flip the line's gonna be 12 the bears are laying 12 i tell you though i was looking if it's minus six which it is right now flat or actually, it's minus six with a smidge uh, less juice on the lay on the minus six. What is the typical first half line? It would probably be three and a half. Minus 110. Yeah. yeah. That's what it is. So it doesn't seem like there's any adjustment. Do we? Make, if anyone likes the Bears, and I know you like Arizona, do you, ha, do you look first half? Of course you do. Because of that scripting idea. Yes. I look first quarter. The scripting's only helping on the very first drive, so I think betting bears blindly in the first quarter probably is a moneymaker. You think, I mean, let's say till further notice, right? Because, uh, let me see, right now, bears first quarter, let me see what we had to lay here one second. Uh, Nothing's out yet. You see see anything on the screen, Matty? No. You won't get first quarters for Sunday. No, actually, I'm seeing it. Oh, no, that's on Monday night. Okay, never mind. Probably be minus a half, RJ, but I would much rather, it seems counterintuitive, I'd much rather lay the minus 170, especially with this really low total, than lay in a half. Because people underestimate the chance of ties. Yes. Okay, so you think it'd be about minus 170 first quarter, and you like, like you'll bet that? Little bonus bet? Yes, bonus bet. All right, Faz, who do you, you actually have a prop bet here, on Yeah, I'm going to play the Chicago running back Howard to go over 70 yards. That's what I'm expecting the bookmaker to deal on this one. Now, I don't tend to believe coaches very often. I think a lot of times they just say things. Were you just saying one coach wasn't going to be conservative? <laughs> but, but go ahead. But yeah. if there's some coaches that I believe, it, tend, they, it tends to be rookie coaches. I think they're much more honest. And Nagy said after the last game, hey, you know what? We need to give Howard the ball more. And his last game, 14 carries, had fine on carries, only 35 yards. But I think that was somewhat of an aberration. Bottom line is I expect the Bears to have the lead. And, I've, and I saw the Redskins be able to run effectively against Arizona. Well, if the Redskins are able to run on you without any running backs, then Howard can get 70 yards. I like the prop bet. Any thoughts on that, Matty? The only thing that scares me about Howard is he's so popular with the fantasy players that his numbers tend to be a little inflated at 70. I think you're probably right. It's a good go over, but you know, I think there also has to be a number where you say the value's gone and that number might be as low as 75, 76. We'll set it at 72. So buy price 72 over. Yes. 
Uh, you said in your notes, Steve, that Wilkes looks overmatched. Are we talking schematically? Are we talking, oh, he shouldn't be a head coach? What? Like like more as an executive he's struggling? This team's just not ready to go. I can't figure out why they're getting blown off the line of scrimmage on offense and defense. Complete decimation. This is a team that we thought, RJ, could well improve this year. And I can't, frankly, I'd love to tell you the answer why they're playing so poorly at the line of scrimmage. I just know that uh, they their quarterback has no chance. He has no time and their running backs have no chance. I'm passing here because to me, I don't know how good Washington is. Because I don't know how good the Colts are. So the Colts pretty much dominate Washington and Washington dominates Arizona. How do we know how bad Arizona is? And with a first year, I think this is a flat spot for the Bears. But with a first year coach, you just got some momentum. I know it's a short week. You got to wonder how flat a young team's going to be. I got to give kudos to Maddie because he used the quote, the Bears are who we thought they were. <laughs> and of course, that quote was after an Arizona-Chicago game many years ago. There we go, Fez. You're listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Now back to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Sunday Night Football. Patriots, Lions. The mayor, Mackey, did a little research at my behest, as I said on Straight Out of Vegas. How does Belichick do against his former assistants, specifically Patriot assistants? Because Cleveland was a different lifetime. Pretty good straight up. Eight and six against the spread. Now, that's good. But boy, it's not like, oh, the genius, if he knows you, then he knows he's looking into your soul kind of thing. So just, I think, interesting to note. Who do you like in this game? I lean Detroit. I I know that Detroit. You love Detroit. And and they didn't play well again last week. They were fortunate to get the cover. I had San Francisco on my other super contest entry. That was a loser for me as they blew that 17-point fourth quarter lead and only held on to win by a field goal. But Detroit's been dominated now for, you know, let's call it the better part of two games as they rallied late in the fourth quarter of that game when San Fran had called off the dogs. But prior to that, there's a lot of things that that I didn't like about this team. But at the end of the day, Matt Stafford, when he gets going just throws for yards on everybody and I feel like again because of the amount of yards he throws for because of how prolific Matthew Stafford is in the passing game anytime Detroit is catching a bunch of points they're always live because when the other team goes into a prevent a quarterback that's as prolific I mean seven straight 4,000 yard seasons a quarterback that's that prolific throwing the ball knows how to lead a two minute drive for a meaningless touchdown when you're stuck 13 points and that could be the case again here so I can only take Detroit Josh Gordon how much do you value his addition uh, first of all, in my opinion, this is not a Randy Moss-esque addition. I know that some there's been some of those comparisons made, and I don't know. Uh, and another thing about Randy Moss is he had a, a history of being able to get uh, playbooks memorized really quickly. I don't know that Josh Gordon's going to connect with Tom Brady right away. We've seen other big-name receivers come in before that they tried to connect with Brady or fast guys or you know really hyped guys, and it just didn't work out, and I wonder if this is going to work out, especially right away. Um, 
I just I don't think it's any adjustment. I don't think all of a sudden. And I thought the odds reflected that. None of the odds really moved. New England to Jacksonville, back home, then to Detroit. It's a lot of traveling, isn't it? Bad spot. It is a bad spot for New England. Another question. This book came out today, taping Wednesday, released Thursday. Does it stoke the fires of the dissension with Brady and Belichick? I think they're used to controversy and used to dealing with these issues. So I did not make an adjustment for it, but it, it's never a good thing to have distractions. And then next week they have the Miami dolphins on deck. I'm not saying it's a look ahead spot, but look, that's, you know, at this point, it looks like there's really only one contender to the Patriots. If you can even call it a contender at all in any meaningful way. But right now, first place in the AFC East is the Miami dolphins and the Patriots get them next week. So, I mean, this is the flat spot game theoretically for the Patriots. It's here. Well, well, it's a yeah, prime you're one, time. Yeah, game. and you're one and one. It's against Patricia. You know, for I, I yeah, Pat. Listen, if you look at Brady, and I'll tweet this out at RJ in Vegas. If you look at Brady or, or uh, Belichick with Brady off a loss, they are uh, a straight up loss. Great ATS. So they do tend to bounce back. Last question. Patricia seems to be a little over his head, as Lombardi said. He's got a laminated sheet of paper and a pencil in his ear. <laughs> Not sure about that. Not sure about that. Now. <laughs> Wally Balls, it's my alias. But <laughs> it feels like he's the type that maybe the pressure is on that here comes Belichick, you're owing two. Maybe he gets so intense with his team, it, it, it backfires. For Detroit. Well, what, I mean, you've that's been a already fan of- backfired. That's yeah. been the talk throughout the preseason and into the early games that he's been so intense that the players are disengaging, that he's basically just all over them in practice. So that's already been the talk. But I think if there's ever so a that, game- that doesn't, if anything, it makes my point valid in that it seems like this would exacerbate the problem. I actually think it could turn a negative into a slight positive for one situation. If you if you've been just ripping them forever, if you're just giving them the pride speech don't you have any beep bleep and pride this and that this is the time where they're supposed to have it at home oh and two getting whipped everyone's calling you a joke if you're ever going to come out and punch somebody in the mouth it's the defending afc champion new england patriots at home in prime time after an oh and two star i'm worried about being at home because if it starts out poorly i could see the boo birds coming out because i think that he's already losing the crowd you got to win the crowd as we know from gladiator so, so in game if the pats are up 10 crowd starts booing you're looking to back the pats even though typically you're looking for games to get closer right and the patriots they'll step on your throat they don't just run the ball they keep scoring monday night football then three more best bets steelers bucks we talked about it today and this is Monday night. We talked about it today, Wednesday, on Straight Out of Vegas. Brown missed some stuff on Monday. Line actually went all the way to pick him in this game. Brown seems to be less uh, problematic than we thought potentially. Pittsburgh back to one and a half. Fitzpatrick, one of the greatest starts in the last 20 years, statistically. Fez, you actually love a prop bet. We'll save that one. 
Who do you like in this game, Matty? I, I like Pittsburgh. The one thing that Pittsburgh has showed in their first two games, despite all the turnovers week one, is they can move the football down the down the field without Le'Veon Bell uh, pretty much at ease here. I mean, they, they had plenty of up and down the football field in game one. Just Big Ben threw a ton of picks. Last week, the offense wasn't the problem. They just couldn't get a stop, period, on defense. I think that we may have you know, kind of deflated Pittsburgh a little bit for those first two starts and no team in the NFL from preseason expectation to current expectation could have been raised any higher than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, and Ryan Fitzpatrick from what people thought of them to now. So look, I'm going to go ahead and lay the point a half with the Pittsburgh Steelers in this spot. Happy to take it. RJ Bell comes in. Listen, $200. Even money. Do I get plus 110 on this? You get plus one and a half even money. (laughs) (laughs) I got the Steelers 200. Book it, Mackie. I'm a Steelers fan. Here's what happens. And just follow me here. I'm not going to convince you and it doesn't matter. Our bet's down. But just follow me. Slow down. Think about life where you do something and you feel like, oh, man, I went a little far here. Maybe it's you didn't sleep a lot before big job interview or big job, something or another, and somehow you get through it. But the only reason you got through it was because you woke up, you took a shower, you drank like a protein shake, yeah, had your vitamins, whatever, and it's like you compensated, you've got this lackadaisicalness, and then you compensated and succeeded. That's what Pittsburgh's done for about four years. They lose games they shouldn't lose. They all rally together, and then they win. Because they've done that so much, I feel like that there's another level of despair, of urgency they need. It's now not only do you have to have an important job interview and you didn't sleep a lot, you're going to wake up and say, "Ah, I'm not going to drink that shake or take my vitamins. I'm just going to show up there, maybe have a hair of the dog shot on the way out the door. Then if you almost get fired, if the if the – Boss says, okay, last chance. Now that's when I don't know if Pittsburgh's in that oh my God spot yet. And I think they probably have the highest bar for that OMG spot of any team. Because you would have thought against KC it was OMG. They they tied the Browns. <laughs> and then they were home. And they were down 21 nothing. And now Brown shows up. But they did rally after being down 21 nothing in that game. Yeah. And then what happened? I'm not. I'm just you saying. Think at that point, they, then they all relaxed again. Apparently, I'll tell you right now. To me, when you hear Tomlin with the same old, and and again, this was what uh, what was it? Pat Riley said. I think five years is about all you can. Or Parcel said the same thing. They start hearing the same stories, and it's the same old. Yeah, Brown. Uh, he was disciplined. We're gonna keep that between us. This is a team matter. He's, I mean, put a robot up there. He's going to say the same freaking thing. I mean, there's no, no nuance. And I get it. The, given the press nuance is just, there's no real upside to it. But I, Brown is actually a really, I think, I mean, forget about that one uh, streaming video he did. He's a Steelers steal. Of all the guys, if I would say of this Steelers team, let's say in the last 10 years, I was picking an all Steelers team. And I was saying not for how good they are, but. I want to root for these guys. I'd say maybe Watts on that list right now. I would say Heinz Ward. Well, for sure. Yeah. I mean, but I would say there's only a couple of guys from this team 
The, and Big Ben is obviously on both, so I'll give it to him. But not the, I'd much rather the Big Ben from seven years ago. The rookie of the year. Big yeah, well, ben. yeah, well, yeah, that's 15 or almost 15. But yeah, I mean, to me, it's, it's uh, the guy, to me, guys like Ike Taylor, the cornerback, who you never heard much about. But the guy, I, I saw him go down 10 times. I thought, this, he's out for the year. And then he finally broke his forearm one time. And I thought, oh, man. He played next week with a broken forearm. And then you got Ryan Clark, the safety. He had sickle or had sickle cell playing at altitude in Denver. It can tr- activate it. He still played, almost died. Now we could say that's crazy, but that kind of Steelers, it, it just feels like where are those guys? I like the Castro. And I mean, but then with Le'Veon Bell and he's apparently riding by in a speedboat, you see this taunting the Steelers or something? Uh, and now they're traveling on the road uh, to Tampa. I know Tampa doesn't have a great home field. And, and, and I again believe Fitzpatrick, I don't think this is just pure luck. I think some of this is scheme. They got the OC doing different things right now. RJ, I wanted to ask you about the home field. You, you talked about it because I had identified this as one of those games where the home field would be very minimal, more Pittsburgh fans than Bucks fans. But with them being 2-0, and oh, maybe the ship will be rocking down there, right? If you had to bet this game, Fez, at one and a half even money, what would you do? <sighs> Boy, Big Ben's not as good on the road. I think I'd take Tampa. <laughs> you want some, too? <laughs> Come on, Fez. Oh, hey. 400 smackeroonie. See, you know what's funny? You didn't want him to do it. Show me the money, Matty. You, you, no, I did. You know, you did, and I can tell. I know you. You you said it, but it was very perfunctory. It's like, go ahead, man. Do more. <laughs> Bring it on. And then when he did, you your little eyes, I saw a little crink in the corner of your eyes. <laughs> All right. We got best bets left. The boys are going to stretch your legs, and we got our one and only commercial break. Listen, if you want to go against me, and listen, that's not necessarily a smart move, as Maddie's going to find out. We, it's a free roll. If it's a free roll, I'll play Steph Curry in horse if it's a free roll. Bet DSI has, has the 2018 Handicappers Cup. Players must make five plays each week to be eligible for that week's free play prize of $25. BetDSI.com. Now, what do you need to do to win? I'm putting in RJ Bell, five picks, and you just have to have a better record than me. And over the entire season, the most winning picks, you have a shot at a $1,000 grand prize. Go to BetDSI.com, see my weekly picks, and more details on the contest. Now, if you're looking to deposit, and obviously you can open an account without doing that, get a feel for it. If you're looking to deposit, we got a special offer. Use Bell 101, B-E-L-L 101, and you double your initial deposit up to 2500 Now think about that. One of the things we say all the time, there are no sure things. This is a sure thing. It's like whatever amount you put in, you said, you know something? I feel lucky. I am going to put every penny I just put in on a bet and it's like it's a guaranteed win. It's not only the game, it's like the game's fixed, it's a hundred percent winner. Thousand gets you two thousand, two thousand gets you four thousand, a hundred gets you two hundred. Whatever your level is, 
you're doubling that money upon your first deposit. Just use Bell 101 as your promo code. That's BetDSI.com. Simply Safe. I'm a big fan of Simply Safe Home Security, and here's why. Simply Safe is ready for anything that gets thrown at it. A storm takes out power. Simply Safe is ready. Intruder cuts your phone lines. Think about that. The bookies are dastardly, but these intruders know their business. Remember Heat with De Niro? Imagine De Niro trying to get in. I'm not sure we'd want that, regardless of the system we had, but they're not quite all De Niro. Simply Safe is ready. Say they destroy your keypad or siren. Simply Safe will still get you the help you need. Some may think it's overkill, but really, when you're talking worst case scenario, you're talking your family, it's good to always be ready. Now, is this super expensive? No. They only charge you what's fair. 24-7 professional security is just $14.99 a month. I mean, what I went off of Maddie just on the Steelers game could be uh, 10 months is 150. Think about that. There's no contract, no hidden fee. So if you don't like it, you can cancel at any time. I recommend Simply Safe whenever I'm asked about home security. Check it out. Go to simplysafe.com slash dream. That's in the URL. Simplysafe.com slash dream today. Protect your home and family. Simplysafe.com slash dream. All right, let's start with Mr. Matty Holt, best bet. Well, 2-0 totals. Let's try to make it 3-0. I'm going to go a little contrarian here. It's already moved a point up, but I'm going to play it under. That's the Battle of L.A., Chargers versus Rams, under 48.5. You know, there's a lot of injuries in this game on the Rams side. Melvin Gordon banged up. Uh, I I feel like this is, you know, people are forgetting how good these defenses are here. The Rams defense, so good. Maybe the best in the NFL right now. Um, You know, uh, Chargers were able to put some points up late against Kansas City week one, but they certainly didn't look like an over team uh, last week, despite the fact that it was 28 to six. I actually like this to be a little bit less scoring. Todd Gurley a little bit banged up. And maybe what helps us here is uh, Rams great kicker Greg Zerline with a groin injury this week that could be one of the bigger kicker injuries we've seen in quite some time if Zerline can't play uh, that could actually so be- my understanding he's out and they actually last week they didn't have a kicker right they went for two and all that but they got a ficket ficken Sam Fricken yeah I thought he might come back this week that there's still like is, a is it 30% fricken? there's chance. no there's no R Sam Ficken yeah I thought it was like a 35, 40% chance Zerline comes back, but let's just say he doesn't. He's, he's out two to three weeks. Okay, good. Then again, Zerline down. That's actually a weapon for the Rams. Uh, you know, I think 48 and a half is a lot of points. I'm going to play this one to go under the total. What do you think of the total, Fest? I don't like it. I think the Chargers. <clears throat> oh! <laughs> you know, I think Maddie looks tired. I think we're beating up on him right now. <laughs> 
It's bad we'll enough you, you don't get paid for this podcast. You have to yeah. pay to come on. Yeah. Well, listen, if you have to pay too much to come on, that's probably a Darwinian sense you shouldn't be on. But I think Maddie will do all right. I just he's think, used to being plus one ten though too. I look at I look at Chargers <laughs> and I think uh, Philip Rivers touchdown pass pick six over team and the Rams such a high scoring team. Wow, forty eight in the new NFL that's not a high total. Mike Lombardi made the point. Rams have that old mentality of let's keep throwing. Let's even if they have a nice lead, let's step on their throat. Battle of L A. Maybe they want to embarrass them too. Fez. Matt, you want to buy out, Maddie? For how much would you let him buy out for? I don't buy out. <laughs> Maddie, you're documenting all this, right? Uh, uh, oh, f- the mayor is documenting this. Oh, I mean, you I don't didn't beca- hear all this chatter last week when I. <laughs> Maddie, because we can tell. I was two points away from you, uh, 400. You don't feel well physically right now, do you? You had a long business day. I did have a long day. And we, we sense weakness. I came in in the suit we after se- several meetings we, in a row. We sense weakness, Maddie. That's cool. I'm going to remember that. Neither one of you better ever get sick. (laughs) I will hit that thing on every game. All right, Dave. I'm hitting it on the next. Give me send the green thing over here because I want to hit it Regardless. on no matter what. I'm just gonna keep chugging Mountain Dews, making money, betting football. Somebody's oh. getting greened here. You were two points away from owing me for uh, hundy. Yeah, but it could go the same thing if that True. line would have been. In- I know. I didn't say. I didn't disagree with that. All right, Dave. You know he's almost like on tilt and poker. Dave Esther, by the way, has an opinion on this. Can game. I throw it on Esther? <laughs> uh, you know, I'll ask. Well, see, he's in. Florida, so that's a might be cross state lines. All right, let's do it. All right, this week's perception versus reality, and it's kind of, we kind of one of both here. The Chargers and the Rams game. I look at the Rams. Who have they beaten? Oakland at home, prime time, hype of Goff being back at halftime. That was a close game, and actually, the Raiders may have been ahead. The Rams kicked four field goals in that game, three of them in the red zone, which is a red flag for me. Then they beat Arizona and Sam Bradford. I think the Bradford experiment is over. The Chargers. Before the season, everyone loved the Chargers. The perception after the Chargers lost to Kansas City, same old Chargers. In that game, they had 541 total yards. Some of it garbage time, but 500 yards is 500 yards. Buffalo game was over, 28-6 at halftime. So the perception here is the Rams are already in the NFC Championship game, and the Chargers are again a 500 team. Both those things may be true, but this is one game, and I think the reality is there's less than six degrees of separation between these teams, and I'm very leery of laying seven points with the Rams. What do you think, Fess? He's right. There's less than six degrees of separation. There's only five points of separation in my power ratings. I actually agree strongly that the Chargers, my number eight team in the NFL, are undervalued. But the problem is I'm sky high on the Rams. Okay, so you actually have a teaser you're putting together. Yeah, so I'm going to play the Rams, tease them from minus seven down to minus one. And I, now that's not a classic advantage, right? Usually it's a little high through seven. Correct. But I feel that the spread, you could make the case that the spread. Oh, come on. Let's not make up a story. It should be seven. I have it seven. I think the Rams are going to win the game. <laughs> no, I hear you there. And also you and I had a little green button, best bet, battle, cash on straight out of Vegas. Check this out, Maddie. I want you to grade this. Which side would you rather be on? Can you perk up for this? I'm listening. 
He looks depressed. His head's kind of bowed down. Are you texting people asking if you got the worst of it? No. Okay. I'm betting it under. <laughs> You're hedging off and just eating the fig? No, no, no. I'm betting it under. Oh. I'm doubling down. Ooh. What? Just bet with Fez. I think I'd wait and take 50 at post. <laughs> that was passive aggressive. We tried aggressive. one of these odds things last week. I think I ended up with the right number. <laughs> He's perking up. We might have to get him a full sugar Mountain Dew, Maggie. Perk him up. Okay. Who would you rather have here? Would you rather uh, be booking plus 600, so 100 wins, uh, you're risking six to win one on the Rams to win the Super Bowl, or would you rather be getting paid six to one? Hold on, say that to me again. Uh, so it's no VIG, yes. six to one Rams to win the Super Bowl. What side do you want to be on? The no. That's correct, man. And the man, the button. That, that correct. <laughs> You want to book a little of this? Because me and him have a hundred on it. On the radio show, it's a hundred. And you have the Rams at six to one. Yes. <laughs> Were you but, checking but the market? I'm giving you a better. Yeah, I'm giving you a better than market number. What's the market number? Four and five. Holy cow! I saw plus six. We only shot the three books. It was plus six fifty. Was out there at one of the three main books. The main book for futures, which I think we would all agree what the main book for futures probably is right now is Super Bowl futures, win the Super Bowl, uh, 450. A lot of people listening to Fezzik on the radio, RJ. Where's that at? That's Westgate. Okay. Huh. I mean, Bookmaker, I think, had 650. I bet six to one had no problem finding it. Okay. But think about this. If you had to bet the no there, you'd have to lay a thousand. Or even at four fifty, you'd have to lay what seven fifty, seven hundred, if they put it up. Yeah. So this is Maddie's way of saying he doesn't want any piece of it. Correct. Well, the six to one's so bad. I don't want to give him six to one if the market's four fifty. So by definition, my six. Well, to but one the market, is so the good. market, the market's four fifty with forty percent implicit vig in there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. sure, of So, I mean, if it was a no-vig line, it'd be like seven or eight. Look, in general, in the NFL, I always want to fade if it's one team. Almost I regardless agree. of the number, but I also don't want to give him a buck and a half better. I, I give him enough edges on the market. Trust I, me, I he doesn't st- give me any. <laughs> I got to take bad numbers just to get bets with him. <laughs> the funny thing is that you could have had the Rams at what? 13 to 1 if you 16 be- I mean I mean like literally let's say this Friday before the season 16 I think okay so what tell me the two Rams games Fez. the Rams destroyed Arizona oh okay good and they destroyed the Raiders in the second half okay in the second half and the Raiders may be what right now 24th best team yeah somewhere around there and Arizona's 31 way better than Buffalo and somehow they've gone from 16 to 1 to plus 450. Yeah, I mean, they're an overwhelming favorite. Right? It's absurd. They're a bigger favorite right now than the Patriots were last year or the year before. That's what I'm saying. Well, it's crazy. New Orleans and Atlanta and Green Bay are looking a lot worse. I the NFC how- is looking weaker. I don't think Minnesota looks too much worse. Than no, Minnesota. I don't either. Yeah, we discussed that. <laughs> oh. Thanks that's what, that's what he led with. That that's, that's, that's what he led with on straight out of Vegas. <laughs> and I just, cru- that's what led to me batting it. Cause I do like, and I'll tell you this, you were worried over in the AFC. Oh, a bad, you know, Steelers team or the Pats getting old. 
Casey might. Who knows what Casey's going to be at sure. the end of the Would year? Would love for Kansas City to make the Super Bowl. Really? Yes. And, right, right now, I'd love for New England not to make it and KC to get in there. All right. So, with all the shout, my dad used to say it's all over, but the shouting, which means everyone can jibber and jabber, but it's over. A lot of shouting, but no betting here. Correct? No. <laughs> oh wait, you guys did bet that you bet the total. Oh yeah. I want yeah. I want to make but, put but a counter- no betting on the Rams. Can I do one counter offer? Yeah. For but you, if you Maddie, give him if you give him a better number, I'm gonna be I'm gonna feel like I'm getting the worst of it. Go ahead. No counter offer. Six no, to one take. No, it. go ahead. Yeah. No, let, he's no. down. Let's let's go with it. Five plus five seventy five ah! friends and family discount. <laughs> he just gave you twenty five. I just showed you the market was four fifty. <laughs> yeah, but you can't ask him to pay for it. it's a no vig line. I okay, think that is no, the true no vig. Yeah. What? Five seventy five? Yeah. What do you mean? You couldn't bet mine. No one's going to book no, it. The no vig line. If you took them, the, the yes and the no, and put them together. <sighs> I don't know about that. Yeah. All right, Close. it's not too far. So Matt, you're Matt. you're just trying to say I got the worst of it is what you're trying to do. <laughs> All right, next up, Dave. We got two more games. It's Bengals, Panthers. We got the Panthers favored by three. This is Dave Esler's best bet. This week's free pick: the Cincinnati Bengals plus a field goal at. Carolina. Panthers beat Dallas, scored 16 points at home. They lost to the Falcons. Falcons are really banged up right now. Panthers leading rusher in both of those games, Cam Newton. The Bengals came back on the road to beat the Colts, who had an impressive road win then at Washington. Bengals beat the Ravens far worse than that final score indicated. And that was a game everyone had the Ravens winning after the Bengals ended their season last year. I like the way Dalton's playing right now. 64% completion rate, one pick, six TDs in two games. I know Joe Mixon is out. Bernard will be fine. 4.2 career average, and he's a great receiver. And I actually think in this game, him being able to pick up the blitz better as a, as a veteran as opposed to Mixon is probably a benefit. So I'm looking at the Panthers' secondary. Bradbury and Jackson cannot cover LaFell, A.J. Green, and Tyler Eifert, not with the extra rest that the Bengals have. So with the Panthers being favored by three, they're saying that these teams are even on a neutral field, and I don't think so. Cincinnati plus three. Thoughts, Fess? I actually have both teams even on a neutral field, so I got to pass on this one. No real opinion. I will say... I'm a little bit concerned with Mixon being out. Bernard, good numbers, but he's always been a two-running-back guy with uh, Jeremy Hill, and I don't know if he can shoulder all the workload there. I just pass. You lean Carolina, Maddie. Let me know something. I think having a new coordinator, especially with Cam, probably going to start slow. Do you expect this offense to trend upwards, Carolina, throughout the year? Yeah, and I don't think they were horrible in either game. I thought they looked okay, even with O-line issues against the Cowboys week one. And then uh, week two, they were right there. They were one Cam Newton pass at the end away from tying the game against the Atlanta Falcons. So, look, there's still a little bumps in the road with this new coordinator in the Carolina offense. And they're still a little banged up. But I I think that they're going to be fine at the end of the year. At least I don't think they're going to be below expectations. I actually think with uh, Giovanni Bernard in here without Joe Mixon, because the Cincinnati 
everybody does like to pound the ball, mix in. We all know they like to throw the ball to Bernard a little bit more and run some outside sweeps and stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little more passing in this game, and this is a total at 43.5 where I might look to play over. And that is my play on this game. I did go over the 43.5, now 44, same handicap as what you said. And I also think oftentimes if you can identify a team changing its stripes, and I think these Bengals are changing their stripes, really good defense and struggling on offense, didn't have Eifert most of their games. He was injured all the time, and I think now they're metamorphosizing to the point where Dalton is primed to have a big year again. What would this line be if Cincinnati had lost against the Colts? Is it, th- is it three and a half? No, four and a half because it was four on the look ahead. I agree. I think it's four, four and a half. And I mean, I, they were down double. I mean, we had the Colts in week one, so we were, ha- I'm sorry, we had Cincy. We were happy, but they were down doubles, right? In the, in the second half. Yeah, late, Cincy in the third, was. late in the third quarter, yes. Hmm. That makes me, whenever a coin flip is swinging a line that much, I would have to lean Panthers. By the way, Dave Esler, longtime winner. Dave underscore Essler on Twitter. Dave underscore E-S-S-L-E-R. Let's go. We got Fezzik's second best bat, and then we're done. Last game. And it's a derivative best bat. Let's go over today's bet. So just to be clear, the $500 is only the first three. Even though we have the second best bats, still going to be like a super like. So we've got Holt on under. Rams under 48 and a half. Fez on over $200 to win two. This is the famous, famous, famous next game. A victim of the infamous Malachi Crunch. Maddie Holt's taking on RJ and Fez. That's not a good place to be, especially if you're not plus 110, Maddie. FYI. Holt says Pittsburgh minus one and a half. RJ says, I'll take that bet. Tampa plus one and a half, 200. Fez. Following RJ, drafting off him, took the same bet. Also, though, RJ against Fez. Some would say I'm a small dog, but I am in the VIG position. Plus 110 on the Giants, plus six and a half. By the way, Fez, that was the number plus we had. Plus six, right? Plus six, plus 110. Mackey's got six and a half. Mackey. But I think, ah, let me see, you're whoa. right. You're right. So we're we'll, into the box. Who ah, signs your paycheck? The Mackie. mayor, the mayor. All right, we'll make it six. But here's the beauty. I checked it, right? I glanced at the screen, and I saw Pinnacle was at six pretty much flat at the time. It was like minus 107. So I'm figuring I'm getting 110 where I'm getting 17 cents on Pinnacle. That's That was the trigger on Fire and Fez. Icy calm. I don't think you're going to get it on Sunday. <laughs> All right, that's it for today. So we've got uh, $800 in action. And I guess we have one more bet, potentially. Fez, give us, uh, well, it's a derivative. Give us your best bet, Bills Vikings. Right now, this is the biggest spread of the season. Vikings 16 and a half. And this is going to be a second half bet. So you're going to have to bet it at halftime, RJ. I'm going to go regardless of what the number is. Regardless of what the number is, we're going to go because I want to commit and not be wussy on this, but I expect the second half total to be around 20. I'm going to go under second half, Buffalo, Minnesota. And here's my handicap. Minnesota plays Thursday against the LA Rams. By the way, the Rams are currently favored by five in that game against the Vikings Ooh. next week. Just a FYI. Is there, how's the Vikings O line health? Uh, their center is um, questionable. He's, 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 he shouldn't play. They should, he should be out one more week. I but you think he'll play Thursday. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. And remember, it's the backup center. They, they, the starting center 
is out for the year. So the backup yeah, center, Elfline, is the guy that's now the starting center, and he might be able to play on Thursday. So your thinking is they get up big. Uh, usually the NFL teams will slow it down anyway, but they got a game Thursday. With that Thursday game against the Arch, what, what is their um, biggest threat right now in the NFC, yes, I think this is going to be a lot of ground and pound. So what happens if it's 14-10 at half? Doesn't matter. It it does matter. And if I could, if I could but do a they, caveat, I want the Vikings to be up. Well, at listen, this is the second best bet, so you can make it. So why don't you say this? If Vikings are out by how much you want? Eight your points or more. And un- assuming it's somewhere in that normal range of 10, 14, what do you think the second half total is? 20. All right. So you're in general, you're saying if Vikings are up and you can get under 20, you like the under. I do. Okay. And listen, if this were a regular best bet, we'd want something clean. This is our bonus best bet. Okay, game itself, doesn't the same rationale make you like the Bills? I mean, do, do the Vikings have any desire to, uh, I mean, maybe, hey, let me make a suggestion. Bills under parlay. Because the theory is, if the Bills are, if it, if it gets to be some kind of shootout, there's going to be a pick six or something, you know, with, with the Bills. So maybe the scoring happens. But if somehow the Bills do keep this thing, it maybe the way to say this is this. If the Bills keep it close, it's going to go under. Like, think about how does this game go, the Bills cover? Oh, it's clearly a It's not a shootout, right? Yeah, clearly a correlated parlay. The question is, can we sneak it in against the dastardly bookmaker? Or well, will you're they saying that number, you're saying we would have trouble getting down? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the spread is 40% of the total. Yeah. Maybe. NFL, you probably have no problem as long as you keep your limits low. How much are you looking at? I mean, like, how much would I have trouble getting down? Like, back in the day, CG, Maddie, how much would I have trouble getting down on this? It's NFL. You could at least get a few dimes. Real. So multiple thousands on the, the what we're yeah, calling. I don't a, think they take two dimes on a. It, it's probably a case they wouldn't take it from me, but they'll take it from most people. Oh, yeah. Fez. <laughs> Do you go up and tell them, hey, you by the way, I won the Super Contest twice before you bet? I wear my rings. <laughs> <laughs> when you're counting out the money, the rings are jangling. I don't believe that one. You're in a disguise is what's happening. So let's actually quickly look at this. So the bills are so right now you can get 16 and a half 41. under 41 i'm gonna try to put it in as we all right do that and we'll wrap up here any closing thoughts maddie you know there's a there's a lot of handicap in this game that goes beyond oh, there's a 17 at win a 17 at caesars that kind of goes beyond the normalcy of what we would think. So, you know, the Vikings running back Dalvin Cook is banged up. LaShawn McCoy's banged up in this game. I feel like with both ground and pound backs being banged up, I wouldn't be surprised if both teams go to the air a little bit early. Of course, anytime you go to the air, it opens it up for interceptions and things to happen. So, uh, you want to book me on a under and, uh, Buffalo? No. Plus seven. No. Okay. Not particularly. <laughs> I mean, with no McCoy, I really don't want Buffalo. And the biggest problem for McCoy here, and what also makes me wonder on the over, is they're missing, you know, uh, Shaq Lawson, Taron Johnson, Philip Gaines on the defensive side are all banged up. I mean, this, I really, this is a bad spot here, maybe for the Minnesota Vikings. So, uh, Superbook won't let you in. No sale, they say. They okay, are, but they're, they're, they're the, that's a good sign if we can get down, especially at, the, at this plus 17. Think about it. They, won't, under they won't take it plus 16 half, and I could play it somewhere else plus 17. Damn, I might send Mackie on a drive. Down to, the Caesars have an app? 
Yep. Do you have their app? Long story. No, I do not bet against Caesars. Uh, you want to tell? Uh, no. All right, guys. <laughs> Great stuff. If you haven't heard the college and Monday night prop bet. Oh, go ahead. Hit it quick. Real quick. Monday night football. I love this prop bet. So this is another bonus. Bonus. Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay. Shortest touchdown, RJ, will be under one and a half. Lay a dollar thirty. When is this a good bet? When you get a lot of touchdowns, this totals 54. And when, how do you get one-yard touchdowns? Pass interference in the end zone. And that's what Big Ben and Fitzmagic are going to be doing all night long. Hold on! Chucking the ball down the field. Hold on. I was ready to end the pod. Matty Holt has the uh, butt. I just had it because I, I wanted to fire at him. Well, Fire! But now I don't know. I was hoping he would do one of his normal player things, and I would just auto-fade him. All right, so think it through. Forget a no-vig line. I'll lay minus $1.40 against you. Ooh, $1.40, and you're saying yes, shortest touchdown, less than a yard and a half. Yes. Put it up to the mic if you're going to do it. you got 10 seconds to decide. Ben Stripsack in the end zone. Go. Go, go. Oh. <laughs> All right, I'm out on that. Oh, he looks like a poker player that just has been beat up so bad he wants no more he got action. timed out on the clock. He couldn't say fold. You know, Fez is feeling confident. He I couldn't mean, couldn't fold it. He let the clock run out, so they just took his cards away. I mean, he is vicious. He is the dirtiest player in the game. Follow him on Twitter, at Fezzik Sports, F-E-Z-Z-I-K. Matty Holt. At Matthew Holt, VP. At Actually, RJ. How about at U.S. Integrity? So you accidentally gave two Twitters. I did. If you want to punish him, don't go to either. <laughs> I'm at, I am at RJ in Vegas. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.